I am feeling uh, like I have a head cold, basically, but I just got back from meeting with about 50 other Zen folks at Zen Shuji in Los Angeles preparing for a very large ceremony in November. And some of us had masks on, some of us didn't. And out of that large group, three of us have tested positive. So I'm doing the recommended number of days of isolation. And I feel like I have a head cold. So, so far, so good. But um, I'm glad we have this procedure for getting together, even without uh, in-person contact. It's good to see your faces. What I want to talk about today is a little bit about uh, compassion, a little bit about the precepts, a little bit about the importance of confession and ceremony and parties. So confession, excuse me, compassion is the point of the Buddha Dharma. So the most important thing that we're doing as we practice together and study and meditate and sit and do the things that we do as we study our minds is working on compassion. It's the entire point of the Buddha Dharma. There's really nothing more important than developing compassion, which also means accepting compassion and realizing that we're basically uh, enmeshed, floating in, totally interconnected with the compassion that flows from all of us in our Sangha, all the Buddhas, all the Bodhisattvas, we're in this web of compassion. And then our practice is to help us, what would I say, sort of melt the blockades to understanding that, to uh, develop the good habits that would allow us to manifest compassion. It's the most important thing. It's part of our vow of saving all beings. What does that mean? It means to be kind to ourselves and all beings. What do, how does compassion manifest? It means we actually care about all living beings. We have these good habits, all of us, I believe, of taking care of the body. We have really good habit of uh, taking showers, for instance. We very often take these showers and relax and wash off the accumulation of the day's uh, pollutants and so on and stuff that comes out of our body. We have good habits of showering our body. And part of uh, what we develop in our practice is good habits of showering the mind. We're just showering out hindrances and blockades and clutter. And in our Zen practice, actually, practically all, I think, I imagine all Buddhist practices, one of the showers that we take in our mind is precepts and precept ceremonies. And all of us, uh, when we come to Zen gatherings like this, have received some of the precepts. Even this morning during chanting, we did possibly the most important part of the precepts, which was the confession and repentance. All my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, I now fully avow. That's one of the most important things. Might be the most important thing, but I'll get back to that a little bit later. So as I said, I was at Zen Shuji, Zen temple in Los Angeles, the first temple 
established in North America. And it's 100 years old now. In November, it will be 100 years, the 100th anniversary of Zen in North America. So there will be a big ceremony. And one of the big ceremonies is a giant precept ceremony. So it's a five-day precept ceremony, just like the one that we do when we take the precepts, except it lasts for five days. And there are quite a bit more physical activities and bowing and chanting and so on. But the heart of the ceremony is that, well, what's the heart of it? The heart is the whole thing. So I won't take one part, one piece and call it the heart. But one of the parts of the ceremony is that, as in our precept ceremonies, you receive a lineage chart. So we call that the Kechimiyaku, which is the bloodline. And on the lineage chart, it goes down like this. It's a red line that goes through all the names of all the Buddhas down to your name, which is at the bottom. And then that red line goes all the way back up to the Buddha because it connects us. And our practice brings the blood, the living, the life back to the Buddha. And then it goes down again through all the Buddhas and ancestors on both sides to your name, back up to the Buddha. It's a beautiful document. And in the big precept ceremony at Zenshuji in November, there will be about 100 participants receiving the precepts and practically 100 of us supporting and making and giving the precept, performing different roles to make sure to make this ceremony happen. And everyone receiving the precepts will receive a lineage document from Akiba Roshi. Some of you have met him. He's the Bishop of North America, a wonderful teacher. So all hundred people, and most of them have already received the precepts, but in this ceremony, you receive a lineage chart from him. So you're entangling with his uh, Dharma lineage. It isn't understood that he's the individual teacher of everyone. It's just understood that we're entangling together our karmic roots. So what does it mean that we receive, those hundred people will receive the precept lineage from Akiba Roshi, even though they already have a precept lineage, many of them, as many of you do, your name is already on a lineage chart, and some of your, your names are going to soon be on a lineage chart. So what is the purpose? And is there a difference between those who are receiving the precepts in that ceremony and those of us like me who are there to support and provide talks and so on to make it happen. There actually isn't a difference because all of us are together entangling ourselves with the precepts and we are connecting ourselves with the lineage of all the Buddhas and ancestors. So it's a karmic entanglement that goes on in precept ceremonies, which is a beautiful thing because we are joining the lineage of each other when we um, receive the Kechimiyaku. It sort of looks like 95 individual names, but we're actually entangled with all the students and all the practitioners and connections of each one of those 95 names. It's really a vast karmic entanglement that supports all of us. So in order to be on either side of the ceremony is to be receiving this entanglement. And we're joining with 
all the practitioners from all time. So it's an enactment with the body and it's an enactment with the mind of real reality, our entanglement. But it's an intentional entanglement with the good karmic roots of all those practitioners. So when we understand our connection in this way, when we understand that uh, we are already interconnected with all of the good karmic roots of all these practitioners, it makes it, it, it underlines the meaning of compassion. Because we're so interconnected, we're receiving their compassion, and all of our activities are bestowing compassion. Our activities of caring, understanding, opening our minds and hearts. So out, out at the land yesterday, a few of us were out at Auspicious Cloud West, Houston Zen Center West, Margaret Austin Center, the name of the 40 acres. doesn't really matter what the name is. It's the land that we have taken responsibility for and are really taking good care of. We have a neighbor out there um, who's been a very good neighbor. He lives out of sight, but he's our closest neighbor, and he's very attentive and caring and friendly and a wonderful guy, Richard. Many of you will eventually meet Richard. Many of you have already met Richard. He's been remarkably helpful and kind, and his frequent greeting, no, it's a closing statement, his frequent, um, uh, what do you call it? his frequent going away, his goodbye, his frequent goodbye addendum is have a blessed day or have a blessed evening, have a safe drive and blessed evening, have a blessed weekend. And I love this. And so now I also return his message with, and you too, have a blessed day, stay safe, have a blessed weekend, have a blessed evening. In my understanding, the meaning of having a blessed time is transformation. Have a, have a transforming time. The greatest blessing is to transform our mind from a mind that's um, not open to compassion to a mind that is open to compassion, that is open to seeing things as they really are and to understanding our connectedness. So when Richard says to me, have a blessed day, that's what I hear also. He's trying to connect me with his understanding of the greatest values. Have a blessed day. And so now I feel fine saying it since now I, it, I'm not sure if he would like it if I said, may you be transformed. May you realize your transformative interconnectedness with all beings which will be your ultimate safety, Richard. <laughs> so the shorthand is, have a blessed evening. And he means it wholeheartedly, and I mean it wholeheartedly. It's just that the translation is a little bit different. One of the things that we understand in the precept ceremony, what we open to is the impact of our actions. So this is something that draws a lot of people to practice, wanting to understand the impact of our actions, 
wanting to be wanting to face the impact of our actions, body, speech, and mind, past, present, and future. What what is action? What does it mean? This would be a this will be a lifetime story and lifetime investigation. But um, the word for our interconnected activity is karma. Studying our karma, the impacts on us, and the impact on others of each of our motions of body, speech, and mind is is karma. And one word for this that I want to bring in is responsibility. Because what is our responsibility for other beings? Do we have responsibility for other beings? And in in the Buddha Dharma, we are responsible for everything. So our actions, if we understand it, if we're willing, if we open up to our uh, real relation, real position in the world, our real Dharma position, we have an impact on everything. We are responsible for everything. Again, compassion. Compassion, wisdom allows us to see everything as it is, but wisdom and compassion are so much the same. Compassion is the way we behave out of the understanding. Opening up to this is part of what precept ceremonies are about and part of what the part that I mentioned earlier, confession and repentance, is about. Confession and repentance is basically to admit, I am responsible. I am responsible. So does it mean some uh, rather linear and um, measurable amount of responsibility and I've done this number of bad things and therefore I should do this number of good things? It doesn't mean that in Zen practice, but it may take a while to get there to accept full responsibility and also the full forgiveness that comes in the precept ceremony. Our full responsibility is based on really understanding that everything else is also there to help us. I'd like to read you a little bit of something that um, one of Suzuki Roshi's teachers had to say. So Suzuki Roshi's teachers studied precepts, precept ceremonies, and each of the individual parts of the precept ceremonies very deeply with a mind of deep understanding. And they would say, Okusotan, one of Suzuki Roshi's teachers, would say, the most important thing is the sangye, the uh, um, confession and repentance. Here's what he said. How could it be the most important part of Zen practice? He said, On the topic of confession and repentance, hearing and understanding the meaning of practice and verification says that if one produces the mind of confession and repentance for one's transgressions since the beginningless past, and in this state of mind approaches the ceremony for precept transmission by Buddha ancestors, then even if one is keenly aware of one's wrongdoing, Throughout the three times, that single thought of confession and repentance will extinguish all those sins, those transgressions, in an instant. Okay? That single thought of confession and repentance 
even if one is keenly aware of one's wrongdoing throughout the three times, that single thought of confession and repentance will extinguish them in an instant. He says, it is just like igniting a large pile of dry firewood by striking a single spark and suddenly it all burns away and everything is clean and pure. Our minds are such that we like to think, many of us anyway, like to think linearly. And we've got to go linearly, linearly through everything. And then sometime in the future, there will be clarity. But in uh, this world of interconnectedness in the Buddha Dharma, it's much more circular. In fact, it's connecting at all different directions all the time, like the way neutrinos are coming at us from all directions all the time the way the world really the way the universe really works everything is coming all the time from all directions so when we have a single moment of realizing our responsibility confession and repentance boom all the transgressions of the past of everyone are incinerated in a moment there's another sutra about this, uh, the sutra of meditating on Samanta Bhadra, who's the bodhisattva of great activity. He's always working. He says, he uses a metaphor of myriad transgressions that are like frost and dew. So one metaphor is the dry firewood. One metaphor is frost and dew. And the sun of Buddha wisdom evaporates them. It says that when the morning sun rises, the frost that has accumulated overnight disappears in an instant. Everything is purified and all transgressions are extinguished. It is, he goes on to say, it is the same type of teaching and it has given rise to many errors. In our school, the purpose of confession and repentance is to be enlightened to the truth that both the real and the unreal have no self nature. So one way we can tell that we are um, clinging to a self is when we cling to our errors and think that we understand what our errors were and what they meant. Have you ever had the experience of thinking that you really did a bad mistake or you hurt someone's feelings and then you bring it to their attention and you apologize and they say, oh, I didn't even notice. I hope you've had that experience. It's a very enlightening experience to realize that the fault that one was clinging to, that I was clinging to, actually didn't have the impact I thought. But in our mind, um, we might cling to it and think that it still has the effect that it, it had. So that's what these the showers are about, the mental showers, and the many, many times of going into precept ceremonies and taking the shower, clearing it away, clearing it away. Again, it might be the most important part of the precept ceremony, the confession and repentance, because it is right there at that nexus of our sense of responsibility and our real power. We have that power. Our power is that we have an impact on everything. And then as we clarify understanding of that, we understand, we totally understand the importance of compassion. Trying to do good, trying not to do evil, and uh, 
allowing the compassion that we didn't create to just flow through. When we understand this way, then all of our actions are Buddha Dharma. So you make tea for someone, or you show them where the tea is, or you uh, open the door, or you open the sutra card for someone. This is compassion and Buddha Dharma. Or you answer the phone and you're nice to someone, and you, even though you realize suddenly that it's a, a political call that you kind of wish weren't happening at that moment, but thank you for your efforts. Compassion, compassion, compassion. When we understand this way, all of these actions are the Buddha Dharma coming right through you. And when we understand this way, even giving a party is a Buddha Dharma activity. So our grand opening in just about two weeks, two weeks from yesterday that we've been preparing for and with a very good understanding, all of us who have been going out there, we are making big effort and um, polishing and cleaning and painting. And there are people out there right now doing some really nice work. Um, we understand that we're, we're putting our effort in. And at that point of the party, there will be a party. It's not that the place will be done. There is no done. We'll always be evolving. It's already beautiful as it is because the land is just the land. The animals are just the animals. The possums are just the possums. But we will have a party. And in this party, just the urge to give this party to ourselves, all the people, the people who gave us the land, all the neighbors who want to come. This is Dharma. This is the Buddha Dharma flowing through us. It will take the shape of walking the land. It will take the shape of all the Topo Chico that Reverend Gyozan Royce Johnson has been able to uh, call her for us. We have a refrigerator full of Topo Chico that we will share and food and beverages. But the most important thing is the Buddha Dharma that will be flowing through us all at our party. It's a big thing to realize our responsibility. And I know that there are many understandings of it and much um, um, what would I say, challenge in accepting this total responsibility. But it's another reason that our Sangha is so important and our various gatherings are so important to help us clarify what that really means and how to really act in this world. So I wish I could be over there with you in person, but I, um, I'm taking care of you by I'm trying to take care of you by being by isolating over here and supporting the Kleenex company. And I, I hope you all take really good care. Thank you so much. <laughs>